Christian McCaffrey is back. The Bucks sucked. Cowboys actually put up a fight against the Steelers and Clemson loses to Notre Dame. All of that and more on this week's episode of It's Sports Sis. Hey, episode seven, let's go. Welcome seven. Can you believe it, Christine? I cannot believe it. I'm so excited. There's so much to talk about this week. First things first, I want to talk about our beloved Panthers, who I am so proud of after their game against the Chiefs. I was okay. So I kind of go back and forth on this one for sure. I'm like, I'm very proud of them. I didn't think that they were going to be able to hold their own and make it as close of a game against the Kansas city chiefs, 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 (laughs) chiefs as they did. Um, but then I'm like, I watch ESPN and like all the announcers are like, Oh, close, but no cigar doesn't matter in the NFL. If you lose, you lose. There's no close games in football. And I'm like, Okay. Yes. But can we talk about the highlights of the game? Which first and foremost, Christine, Christian McCaffrey was back. Yeah. Christian did great too. I mean, they, we used him early in the game and we used him often the first possession of the game. Mm -hmm. He got a touchdown. I think the biggest struggle for Christian that I noticed anyway, just like watching the game and without actually being able to have a conversation with him is, I mean, first and foremost, having him back just makes us a dual threat running back team. So we have, um, Mike Davis, who is number 28, who we've talked about many, many times in previous podcasts, shout out to his fiance. What's up girl. We met. Hey girl. Anyway. Um, so he is now switching, not every play, but pretty frequently with Christian McCaffrey now. And what I noticed is it was very difficult for Christian to, catch his breath. I mean, you think about being injured for as many weeks as he was injured. And I just noticed that every time he was on the sideline, he was like, (gasps) like dying. Yeah. Dying. I mean, his cardio is just obviously not where it normally is because he had so many weeks out with his foot injury. Yep. He had six weeks out. And in that time he bought a multi-million dollar mansion and lived his best life. Had a lot going on, probably wasn't working on his cardio as much as he should have. Right. Exactly. Was probably not working on his cardio, but for good reason, he was probably a little bit more out of breath than usual. But with that being said, he did great until the very end of the game where he hurt himself again. Christine, I saw one of the trainers over just like, it looks like massaging underneath of his shoulder pad in his shoulder. And I looked over at, um, we were at, uh, in Amy's house, it was doc's 91st birthday celebration. And I looked over at dad and I was like, do you think he just broke his collarbone? He was like, no, he would be in much more pain if he broke his collarbone. I was like, well, something happened. He hurt his shoulder. Have they already determined whether he's going to be out? No, they haven't. I think oh, okay. it's it's like still up in the air because if they put him back on IR, which means injured reserve, because it's his second time, there's some stipulation that says he wouldn't be able to play for the rest of the season. Oh, caramba. Right? So 
He comes back, he kills it for the first three quarters. In quarter four, he hurts his shoulder, and now he's questionable for not just next week. Well, he for sure is not playing next week. I think he's out for this coming weekend. It's just a matter of whether he's going to be on IR, injured reserve, and then be out for the rest of the season, which is so crazy. He gave us hope, and then he just crushed our dreams again. (laughs) I know, Christine, but if speaking of crushing dreams, if there's anything that makes the Panthers' loss a little bit easier, it is watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get totally demolished by the New Orleans Saints. Tom Brady did so bad in this game, Sarah. It was fun for me to watch because you don't see Tom Brady suck that bad very often. I know the memes of him just sitting on the bench on the sideline of him, just like he was down in the dumps. And I mean, we give Tom Brady all of the credit in the world for getting Tampa Bay to where they are now. And as a reminder, you guys, Tom Brady is, he's what, 41 years old. He's played for the um, New England Patriots for many, many years. And he announced this year that he was signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have had an amazing season up until now. And all of you guys through our Instagram poll, a lot of you chose the bucks to win Christine and I pound it. Chose the saints, baby, chose the saints. We knew that was going to happen. And also I just have never really been a Tom Brady fan. So cheering for him on any given Sunday is not really my thing. So anyway, in that situation go saints, but we give him all the credit for giving, getting the bucks to where they are now. And so, yeah, we're going to blame him 100% when they have a game as terrible as what they had on Sunday night. Right. And it was Antonio Brown's first game. Yep. starting with the Bucks too. So everybody was super excited, including myself, to watch this game. And watching Tom Brady and Antonio Brown play together was a storm. They, yeah. I think you said it best, their, their chemistry just was not there. And right. you could see it. At the beginning of the game, Tom Brady couldn't even get a first down, Sarah. He had four consecutive three and outs. And what three and outs means is just he wasn't able to get uh, a first down four times in a row. And then when he finally got the first down, he throws an interception. Three. He ended up throwing three interceptions. And like everybody was like, you know, Antonio Brown, he did okay. No, he didn't. I'm sorry. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the chemistry wasn't there. Antonio Brown played better defense as a, as an offensive wide receiver than he was actually a wide receiver. So Brady looked terrible. Antonio Brown was awful. And then not to mention just the Bucks defense as a whole could not stop the saints offense. The Saints were play after play after play, just demolishing the bucks and all of their hopes and dreams. Every single drive 38 to three was the ending score and shout out to the saints for kicking the bucks rear end. Yep. Agreed. The saints could not have played any better and it was fun to watch. Um, but speaking of playing really well, Sarah, the Cowboys, surprisingly put up a really, really good fight versus the undefeated Steelers. Did you watch that one? I did. They actually were ahead going into the fourth quarter. I don't know the exact, um, the exact score, but we shouted out. I think there were like five people from last week who chose the Dallas Cowboys shout out to you guys. Y'all were very close. I don't know if there was any strategy in that pick or not, but I was going to be very impressed if Dallas pulled this one out. I think the entire world would have been, but, um, and I think too, the big thing is that, I mean, they played really well, but it's even more impressive that they were playing with their third string quarterback. 
whose name is Garrett Gilbert. And we have a really funny video we're going to post on our story about Sarah watching the game like an old lady with her hands behind the back, looking at the TV, just sympathizing with, with Garrett, Garrett Gilbert at the end Gilbert. of the game. <laughs> Garrett Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert. <laughs> so just as a reminder, you guys, Dak Prescott is the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Remember, um, I think it's been a month or so now he broke his foot basically in half. He had surgery. He's out for the season. Then the next week they put in their backup quarterback, Andy Dalton. Um, and he got totally demolished and donked his head against the ground and got a concussion. So he's been out. And so Whenever Dak went out on injured reserve, Andy was starting. That's when the Cowboys picked up Garrett Gilbert from the Browns practice squad. And so he was on not just a, another team as their backup, not as their third string, not as their second string. He was on a practice squad in Cleveland and the Cowboys went and grabbed him. And then lo and behold, Andy Dalton goes out and Garrett Gilbert enters the game. Right. And he did so well too, that now that Dalton is cleared to now come back, they don't know if they want Dalton back because Gilbert did such a great job. Garrett Gilbert, man, I am on the Garrett Gilbert train, all that pressure. I mean, can you imagine Christine? I mean, obviously these guys are professionals, right? But it's not, there's just something that everybody says about being on the big stage, being on the field for the first time as a starter, as an NFL quarterback, a lot of guys choke and Garrett Gilbert just (laughs) threw the team on his back and almost carried him to a win against the undefeated Steelers. At the end of the game, we all know the Steelers ended up winning. They are now eight and no, but Garrett Gilbert kicked some serious reruns. So go Garrett. Garrett is not the only backup quarterback who played really well this past weekend. Big Cinco for Clemson played super, super well versus Notre Dame. Yes. Even though they still got the L. I know, Christine. It was, okay, so first of all, I feel like this game lasted forever. I feel like I was up until like one o'clock in the morning watching this. They went into um, double overtime. I was in the Dominican Republic and nobody gives a crap about football there but I had them put it on the big screen and we were up all night watching this game I was so excited about it yes so they went into double overtime big Cinco played so well Trevor Lawrence who is the starting quarterback for Clemson was there he had his mask on the entire time but he was just there for moral support Clemson played a great game Notre Dame played a great game but Notre Dame ended up coming out and winning at the end of four quarters but What is kind of really cool about this year in the ACC, so Notre Dame and Clemson are both in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the ACC, and the cool thing about it is that since Notre Dame has claimed the ACC is their division. They were independent for many years. So now that they're officially in the ACC, these two teams, Christine, could meet again in the ACC championship game in Charlotte. North Carolina. Is that in Charlotte? It is. It went to Florida for a couple of years, but it's back, baby. Well, I have a feeling that they are going to see each other again, and it's going to be epic. Yes. So Notre Dame has to go to UNC, which UNC, I think, is top 25. They're a really great team. But if both teams went out, both Notre Dame went out and Clemson went out, so they win the rest of their games for the remainder of their season, they're both going to be in the ACC championship game. And then imagine this scenario. Clemson has one loss. 
let's say Notre Dame goes in undefeated, but then Clemson beats Notre Dame in the ACC championship game. They will both have one loss under their belt and it'll be up to the college football playoff committee of who is the top four teams in all of college football to enter into the college football playoff. So what we've seen in past years is there will be undefeated teams. I mean, right now, the Coastal Carolina, shout out to the Shants, are still undefeated. They are the only undefeated football team in South Carolina. That said, when you look at Coastal Carolina's football schedule, their strength of schedule is nowhere near the strength of schedule that Clemson and Notre Dame has. And so when you're putting these undefeated teams that might not have the best strength of schedule next to these teams like Clemson, like Notre Dame that have one loss. We're really, the committee is really just looking for the best team, not who's undefeated. They want the top four teams. Sometimes the teams, you know, have one loss. I don't think that there's ever been a team that has two losses that have been to the playoff, but they're, looking at the best four teams to go to the college football playoff. Um, So rewind a few years ago, there wasn't a college football playoff. There were only bowl games. And it's, so it's a newer concept in college football that they have these playoffs, but the playoffs are in the form of bowl games. So like the Rose bowl is the first semifinal game. The sugar bowl is the second semifinal game. And then they have the college football national championship game, which is in Miami, Florida on January 11th. So it's going to be a very interesting next few weeks going to, I think too, who are the top four teams right now? It's Clemson, Notre Dame, Alabama and Ohio state, right? Yes. Yeah. So how many teams go to the championship? Oh, two teams go to the championship Four game, four teams go to the playoff. This is the part that I was a little surprised by that. Only four teams go to the playoffs. Only four teams go to the playoff. So usually they'll look at, you know, I, I mean, you would hope that every week, week over week, how they rank the teams would be indicative of, you know, the top four teams to your point, Christine, entering the college football playoff. But what happens sometimes is that four and five spot could be, you know, they could be very, very close. And so the committee might need to, you know, pull both the four team and the five team up on a projector, whatever, and compare them and decide, okay, we need to, who's the best, who are the best four teams? So yes, If we're just looking at straight, you know, typically speaking, yes, the top four teams who are ranked would go, but there is some controversy sometime where that five spot sneaks in in place of that four spot or, you know, that six spot sneaks in for that four spot. So there's definitely a lot of controversy and a lot of conversation about it, but this will be if Clemson and Notre Dame go to the ACC championship game, it will be a very good game. And I cannot wait to find out who's going to the college football playoff. I was going to say, I wonder too, if they'll let people, if they'll let fans in the stadiums, like it'll be in Charlotte, which will be amazing. Oh, will they let fans think about that? Right now it's only like what? 7% capacity at bank of America stadium, which is the football stadium in Charlotte. 
Right. But now that COVID is surging again, are they going to revert letting people into the stadium and all that jazz? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I would hope not because I would love, I would love to go, but we shall see. I think the ACC championship game is the first or second weekend in December. So read my mind. I was about to ask that, but on to the next. I know we just um, explained college football playoffs, um, but Sarah, did you hear the NFL is potentially discussing expanding the NFL playoff schedule? Yeah. I so, just heard about this. Yeah. So, and, and again, this is still being highly discussed. It's not, nothing's put in pen to paper yet, but um, so normally the NFL playoff has 12 teams in the playoff, six from each division. So six yeah. teams from the ACC, six teams from the NFC. So uh, the winners of all four conferences, the NFC, um, East, South, North, and West, and the AFC, East, South, North, and West, each have a winner of their conference. And then there are two wild cards from the AFC and two wild cards from the NFC. That is the standard setup. What they have decided going into this year already is that they are going to expand the team count to 14. So the winners of the divisions will still be in the playoff, but instead of two wild cards for the AFC and the NFC, we'll have three. So that has already been confirmed. What is being discussed now is expanding it even further to 16 teams, which would mean the winners of all four East, South, North, and West, NFC, AFC, and then four wild cards from the AFC and four wild cards from the NFC. I guess I just don't really understand the point. I mean, I think it's because there's some games that... Or like postponed because of COVID. Yes. And teams won't be able to make them up. And so since they can't make them up, their records will take a hit because of it. So instead of being, you know, 10 and six, you might be nine and six because you weren't able to make up that extra game. And so what the NFL is doing is expanding the number of teams that can enter the playoffs to account for if and only if they wouldn't be able to make up the games that they've missed because of COVID to begin with. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I'm yeah. curious to see what the final verdict will be if they're and how it shakes it. out. Yeah. I think it yeah. all depends on whether they can reschedule all of the games that have been postponed or canceled up until this point. So We shall see. All right. I think that wraps everything that happened this past week that we wanted to talk about, Christine. But now on to the fun part. So we've got a list of games for you guys. And Christine and I are going to be making making our picks. And then per usual, we will put them on our Instagram story for you guys to choose who you think will win. And then we'll shout you out if you have an undefeated record based off of the games that we're highlighting. So first and foremost is Thursday night football. So Colts are playing at the Titans. So who do you think is going to win this one, Sarah? Well, I think they both have a pretty good record. I want to say the Titans have two losses. So they're like six and two or seven and two and same with the Colts somewhere around there. So I think this is going to be a good game, right? I mean, this is, not going to be what we thought the Steelers and Cowboys were going to be an undefeated team playing a team with, you know, one or two wins in their, in their back pocket. This is a pretty even matched matchup. So all of that to say our 
podcast editor lives in Nashville and <laughs> is a huge Titans fan. So Katie, this is for you. I say the Titans are going to pull this one out. I was going back and forth with this one because I thought of Katie myself and I was like, you know what there, I think it's going to be a close matchup. I love Katie. She loves the Titans. I'm going to say the Titans. However, I'm going to go with the Colts because I just think that Philip Rivers, who's the quarterback of the Colts. He has like 10 kids. You know that, right? He does. Yeah. Philip Rivers. I mean that, okay. Don't fact check me on that. You guys, I'm pretty sure he has like at least, at least seven kids, maybe more. I actually, <laughs> I'm going back on what I said. Okay. I'm going with the Titans <laughs> because they have Derrick Henry. Yes. Derek they have Derrick Henry. Yes. Christine, Derrick Henry is that beast of a guy. Do you remember that um, meme that we posted earlier yes. in the year? Okay. Derrick Henry, you guys is the Titans running back. And he is very similar to DK Metcalf. When we talk about DK Metcalf being like a whole another animal, Derrick Henry is very similar. He is gigantic. He is fast. It literally looks like these professional defenders just bounce off of him because yes, he's, he's an animal, a huge human being. And on top of it, he's very soft-spoken and you would not think that a man of that stature would be that soft-spoken. So yes, Christine, high five to you and to Katie, go Titans. Next, we have the Bucks and the Panthers at one o'clock. I struggle with this one too, because I don't think that Tom Brady is going to have two bad games in a row. I'm right there with you, Christine. I told you guys I'm going to pick the Panthers every single weekend, except for this weekend. The Bucks are coming off of it again, a 38 to three loss to the Saints. And Tom Brady is not going down without a fight. Um, and so unfortunately for the Panthers, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be out and they're going to be out for blood this weekend. And I think unfortunately for the Panthers, my Panthers are Panthers. The Bucks will win. I agree. I picked the Bucks. All right. So four o'clock, we've got the Seahawks and the Rams. I'm going with the Seahawks. One, because they have Greg Olson and Greg Olson came from the Panthers. Mm-hmm. And Russell Wilson, who's the quarterback of the Seahawks, is an MVP candidate. And they're having a great season. Um, so although their defense sucks, I don't think that the Rams will be able to keep up with Russell Wilson. So I choose the Seahawks. I'm going purely based on who has a more attractive team and the Rams have a very attractive coach, but the Seahawks have (laughs) DK Metcalf, Greg Olson and Russell Wilson. So I've got to go with the Seahawks on this one. So Sunday night, yeah, Sunday night, we've got the Ravens and the Patriots. I'm going with the Raven, (laughs) Ravens, the (laughs) Ravens. And to keep it simple because cam sucks. Cam is also injured uh, after his game last week. He's got some sort of a neck injury. Go figure. Cam's hurt all the time. But I am also going with the Ravens on this one. So then Monday night, we have Vikings at Bears. Now, this will be a good one, too, because they are in the same division. This is a rivalry game. Duh, Bears. Duh, Bears. Duh, Bears. So who do you got? I'm going with the Bears. I don't Agreed. have a reason. I just am going, I'm going with the, I'm going with the bears because the Vikings are super unreliable and watching them reminds me of the Panthers. Whenever cam played with us, 
and how they either have a really, really good game or they have a really, really bad game. There's really no in between. So I just think that they're too unreliable. And I think the bears are going to pull this one out. Perfect. All right. Well, that wraps week seven, episode seven of it's sports. Sis. As always follow us on Instagram, hit that subscribe button and tune in next week. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye.